For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back, folks, here on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by two NFL Draft analysts, Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap, part of RisingDraft.com, your go-to source for NFL Draft coverage. Also has a fantastic all-star game tracker and database, so make sure you head on over there so you're up to date on everything leading up to the NFL Draft. Guys, how are you doing? How was your Thanksgivings? Are we still, are we still full after that? Yeah, no, it was uh, baby's first Thanksgiving. I was really good, and then like I, I just noticed that my lighting is awful in here. And I just got like a bright, <laughs> bright light in my eye, which wasn't too much fun. But I'm, I'm good. I'm good, man. The opposite of Sean. The opposite of Sean, where he's got I, no I, lighting. I, You've got too I, much I, lighting. I saw that picture you posted, man. He like he needs he like he needs that circle lamp. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Well, that's the running gag on the FCS show, and people keep sending me links to buy him a ring light, and I'm like, I'm not buying for it. Sean needs to buy it. <laughs> Alex, how was your Thanksgiving? Did you host it at the new house? No, 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 no. We went to other people's <laughs> house. But the one thing that was different is obviously newly married this year. So splitting time evenly, 50-50, my family, her family. That's a hard thing to manage. You don't think about getting into marriage. But right. uh, but it was fun. We I think we went to six different Thanksgiving. So it's, Holy it's I'm glad it's over, to be honest. Six? What, what, what do you Southerners eat for Thanksgiving? I'm very curious about this. <sighs> I mean, I feel like the normal stuff, yeah. Is it just traditional? I don't know. I didn't know yeah, if you guys like spiced it up or something. I don't, I don't know. know. Is mac and cheese considered Southern only for Thanksgiving? Okay. Absolutely then not. Everything's, then everything's the same. Mac and cheese no. is the best side of all time. Sweet tea, so. Sweet tea is is on the menu. That's fair. Who was the one? Fair. Who was the one Patriot slappy that said that mac and cheese is bad? That would that uh, would be upset. Matt Judon, dude, that was such a bad take. Yeah. Apparently, he's he's never actually had good mac and cheese because he was talking about like oh noodles and cheese, and I'm like, sure. well, you need to get the spices, you need to get the bread, yeah. the toasted breadcrumb, bake it. You know, like he, he just he just doesn't know a good man. Yeah, it's it's mm, not, it's, 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 it was damn box. The worst take of all time, and he's playing really well this year. And I honestly don't care anymore. I hope he, I hope he doesn't play well for the rest of the season because that was an awful <laughs> take. <laughs> don't don't get in the way of uh, of Ryan and his uh, his mac and cheese. So, folks, today we're going to be talking about the recent wave of invites to the Senior Bowl um, takeaways because there's even bigger names that have been invited since the last time we did a show, and we also now have Alex here to talk about this uh, good crop of guys. Let it be known, though, if we don't bring anybody up. There is a strong likelihood that they have been invited by the time this has been posted on Tuesday. Go ahead, Ryan. And I would like to say, if somebody wants us to talk about a player specifically, because we can't obviously get to everybody, 
Yeah. Give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Drop the name, uh, and then we'll be able to we'll be able to appease you guys. So see, that's that's worth noting. Like Ryan has done a good job marketing on social media. Mm-hmm. If you would like us to answer a mailbag question going forward, after we did last week's mailbag question, we're going to start sprinkling them in. We're going to start doing them um, like one or two an episode at the end. So we actually have one today. So make sure you in- include those. Put a five star review. You know, give us your feedback and then say your question and we will gladly answer it. We will not answer a question if it's a one-star review. Let that be known. <laughs> um, so Bet Online, guys, I want to remind you that they are our official betting partner of the show. We've got football that is things are heating up in terms of college football playoff. The NFL playoffs are really not that far away, and there's plenty to bet on, especially with basketball just getting uh going in the early parts of the season. Head to their new and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus for basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we actually have a new sponsor today. Say goodbye to Dull Gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price of $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift that you'll never want to take off. Oh, sorry. This is so awkwardly written. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price, so they won't have to. They really do make the outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. So, uh, Ryan and Alex, if you need to get uh, your your wife something, there's an option for you. Well, I was going to say, that sounds like an Olivia type of thing, personally, but I don't know. Uh, well, I already got Christmas <laughs> figured out this year. Maybe next year. Uh, do, we, do, we get a, do we get a discount, Joe, for working on the network? Do we get a discount here? Uh, for that. For that, I'd have to find out. Let me let me communicate with uh, Alex to to Sopolis, who's the. All right, you you find out. I'm still okay. not going to buy it, but at least I, I'll know about it. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right, guys, let's talk senior bowl. So the, the big headline, any all-star game, any, any event with quarterbacks or any event for football, rather quarterbacks are going to be talked about. And we have to discuss the Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis accepting their invites to the senior bowl. But what I want to get from you guys is out of those three guys that are being projected, the three of those guys have been projected as possible first rounders, some more likely than others. Desmond Ritter's not really the more likely of the group. But out of those guys, who do you think has the most to prove and what do you need them to prove at the Senior Bowl? Ryan, let's head to you first. I'd, I'd say Malik is probably the guy. I mean, because I, I feel like it's going to be a good it's going to be a good opportunity for Kenny in the sense of, you know, just kind of getting up and close and personal, but he's a guy that I feel like would succeed in this, in this setting. Cause he's a guy that, you know, plays pretty well, accurate on script type of football Malik and Desmond both have their shortcomings in the pocket and working within structure. But I think Malik, especially since he's had a really bad ending to his 
season. You know, he was the hot guy early, and it, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, he might be the first overall pick, and now he's kind of, you know, where is he going to go in the two to five? Like, we're, we're in that two to five buckets uh, at the quarterback position, I mean, two to five, not two to five overall picks. We got to figure out how Malik has progressed as a pocket quarterback, working in structure, working against um, – the best defensive backs in college football. And then also the timing aspect, how does he improve from day one to, to the last day of practice? How much does Malik Wills improve? And I think that reversing the momentum that is the negative momentum of him just playing poorly over the last two games is probably the most paramount performance, maybe of any player, not just quarterback in my opinion. No, I, I think I agree with you. Malik Willis, obviously getting NFL coaching. You want to see progression made. Uh, from him and his week uh, in Mobile. But I'm going to go differently here, and I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett has the most approved, simply because coming into the season, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, these were quarterbacks we knew were going to be top names going into the season. Eyes have been on them all season long. When Liberty's on, if, if if there's not another game on, your eyes are peeled towards Malik Willis, Cincinnati, everyone, all, all eyes have been on Desmond Ritter throughout the season. Kenny Pickett is someone that you slowly gain steam, that he slowly gained steam. This is not a name that going into the season anyone was really keeping an eye on. This is a day three pick, you know, whatever. But as the season's gone on, he's played very impressive, as Ryan, you know, you talked about a few weeks ago. It's someone that's really picked up steam. So I think the eyes have just, especially from a lot of the draft community, just haven't been, you know, haven't seen Kenny Pickett quite as, quite as much as Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis. And if he can prove that he can play on par or even better uh, in a setting like that than these other two that have already accepted invites. Kenny Pickett, someone that could gain steam. That's not to mention as well, you know, measurables are an important aspect of this of this process. And obviously the senior bowl does a good job of doing these measurables. Kenny Pickett, hand size, what's it going to look like? Oh, okay. does, he, does he have little boy hands? Does he have man hands? That's, that's, that's important at the NFL level for some. Well, and at the event, he's going to be thrown in NFL size football. Right. And I know some people yeah. are going to be like, that doesn't matter. It, it does. It does. No, it, it absolutely it, does. It really does. It, there's yeah. a there's a pretty big difference between a college ball and, a, and an NFL ball. And I know that I obviously wasn't a quarterback, but trying to make mm -hmm. that transition and buying an NFL ball, it's very different. There is an adjustment sure. period. And if you have small hands, it's really, really hard for whatever you're doing with the ball. So, no, that, that stuff's important. Absolutely. And Alex, can we play a quick game? Ready? I want to, of those three quarterbacks, we need to predict right now the okay. order of that they will be drafted. Okay. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go? I'll go first. Cause it's your go game. It. Yeah, true. Go, Solid I'm point. Gonna, yeah. Right. I'm going to go Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm completely different than you. I'm going to say Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis. <laughs> I'm going to throw mine in there. I'm going to yeah. say Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter. I don't. I still don't think Desmond Ritter is very good. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think Malik Willis is very good either. But that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's a different conversation for a different day that we're going to have eventually, and it's going to piss everyone off. Let's talk about another Cincinnati football player, though, who received an invite and accepted. My Jay Sanders, edge rusher uh, from the University of Cincinnati. He has been a part of their fantastic defense. This season, um, he, he is a guy that you see him projected somewhere on day one or maybe somewhere on day two in that range. Where do you guys see his projection? And maybe do you think it's going to change after the senior bowl? Or is he somebody that we kind of have a sense of who he is? Um, I, I think we so we don't have a full sense, in my opinion. Um, 
because I, I think that we kind of went into the season with expectations for him. You know, he could be a riser. He's a guy that his, play, his weight has fluctuated. He's kind of a stand-up rusher, but he puts his hand in the ground a bunch. And Cincinnati, actually, I don't think uses him the best all the time, in my opinion. Like, he's asked to play in space a ton more than I would ask him. Like, for me, he's a pin your ears back and let him go type of guy because he's got some rare flexibility, in my opinion. I think he's a good athlete, and I think he kind of checks a lot of boxes his production has not been fantastic this year. He's getting a lot of pressures, but he's not finishing at the quarterback a ton. So I think in this in this environment, these one-on-ones, it's going to be paramount. It's going to be important. I think it's going to be really good for Maje Sanders. I think he's going to put a lot of guys on notice when they see what type of bend and what type of flexibility he has. So I think there is a lot to gain with him, and I think there's a lot to show because right now guys are kind of I, – I think that most people are probably coining him as just a – traitsy guy that hasn't put it together, but I think it's a little better than that. I just think it's a little bit of misuse at times in Cincinnati's three-man fronts, you know, him kind of working off the edge and working in space a little bit. I, I want to see him with his ears pinned back. And I think the one-on-one is going to be big money money time for a guy like Maje. No, I agree. I, I think we know what Maje Sanders is stylistically. We know, we know what his projection is to the next level, but obviously there's three guys at that, you know, at that, you know, edge rushing position combo that that's, kind of leading the pack with with Thibodeau, Carl Loftus, and Aiden Hutchinson, who's who's continuing to build up steam here. But who's going to lead that second tier of edge rushers who could see themselves in the back of the first round? Maje Sanders has a chance to really solidify him in that 20 through 32 range, who, which I think when you have the bend that he does and the flexibility he does, a dominant weekend one-on-ones like you, you touched on, Ryan, that's a big moneymaker for someone like Maje Sanders who – has the potential to really dominate, uh, you know, in that session, in that part of, of the week. And, and I think another big note is, and we, we still don't know, and Alex, maybe you have a little bit of insight here. I would love to hear it if you do. If not, not a big deal. But there's been, you know, I kind of talked about the pack of like stand-up rushers, lightly built guys, and the assumed guy for a long time was Adam Anderson from Georgia. Obviously, he's dealing with some off-the-field stuff. So he, so who's that guy, like you kind of said, of that next tier? Like, who's going to be the dude? In my opinion, it could be Maje because they're mm-hmm. similar similar structurally, uh, stylistically. Like, there's a lot of parallels between him and a guy like Adam Anderson. And if Anderson's falling down boards and he's a guy kind of out of sight, out of mind because of the off-the-field stuff that, that I, I don't think has been fi- completely figured out yet, mm-hmm. um, Maje could be a guy that really – takes advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, with Adam Anderson thing, that's just a wait-and-see situation. I think, like you touched on there, these are two similar football players. They win in similar ways. They're built very similarly. I, I was Adam Anderson over Maje Sanders, but I, you know, you could make an argument both ways. They're very, very similar football players. Obviously, yep. with with everything that's happened with Adam Anderson, and you know, we're still, like I said, waiting and seeing what comes of that. Maje Sanders has a chance to really solidify himself. You talk about the 3-4 outside linebacker hybrid, you know, pass rusher there. Maje Sanders has a chance to be the number one guy, you know, without a doubt at this point, because Drake Jackson is another one that some think fit that mold. I, I like, I prefer Maje over Drake Jackson. Who else is his competition of that mold? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, guess I would throw a guy like a Will McDonald from Iowa State. Like, he doesn't get enough conversation. I think Will's very talented. I think he's a guy that could be top 100 for sure. Can he, can he test and rise to be in that top 50 type of guy? Like I think it's possible, but I think that Maje definitely has the inside track as far as those like lightly built slender, you know, stand up. Yeah. Yeah. He's way better than Benito. (laughs) So uh, flipping things to the other side of the line of scrimmage, uh, Darian Kennard from Kentucky 
has been a, a highly talked about player since the beginning of the, the cycle. He's an offensive lineman. He's been playing tackle for Kentucky. But the debate that people are going to start having very soon, and it's going to heat up even more during Senior Bowl week, is is this a guy who's going to play in the interior, or is this a guy that is going to play on the outside like he did in college? Do we think that we're going to get an answer to that question during the Senior Bowl week? I think so, because he's going to see guys like Manje Sanders, who I was just talking about, if they're on the same team or whether they see each other in, in the actual game, I guess is the question. But uh, he's a guy that, for me, there's two players in this class that are these offensive tackles or, or are they guards types. And a lot of people like him at tackle. I think I prefer him inside him and Ike McQuanu from NC State. Now, obviously, he is a true junior, so I don't think that he is eligible unless he's a – you know, just crammed a bunch of classes here and he's, you know, going to graduate in December in two and a half years or whatever. So we're not going to get that answer on the field from a guy like Iquanu, um, at least in the all-star game setting, but we will get it from Kennard. And I mean, I'll be very honest, man. Like I put a big grade on him inside because I think what he does best is great in tight spaces. I think he's a little slow footed though. And a guy like Maji Sanders, I think can expose him a little bit up the outside track, but Hey, Big make it or break it week. He has the 6'5 plus. He has the 34 plus inch arms. Like he fits the he fits the um the thresholds that you wanted offensive tackle. I think he's better inside, but if he has a big week, that maybe starts changing some people's opinions that value him more inside. Yeah. You typically going, you know, with these these guard tackle, what's the argument here? I usually have an opinion at this point. However, with with Kennard, it's someone I'm still holding out on. And and I think I now now that he's gonna be a part of senior bowl week. It's I'll probably wait to solidify him as one or the other in my projections until after that week, because I think he's going to be someone that's going to see one-on-one action. He's going to see practice time in both at both tackle and guard. And like you said, measurable wise, he fits the tackle mold, but does his skill set project well on the outside or is he better suited inside? I could see an argument made both ways. And we talked last week about Darian Kennard. That's another, it's one of the players we talked about last week. And, I don't know yet. I'm still trying to figure out exactly where I think he projects best. All I know is this is someone from a physical standpoint, like you said, the measurables and the size. This is someone I want in the first round. Let's worry about where he's going to play later. A team that, you know, we're going to bring up the Chargers last year who needed offensive line help, you know, down the line, more tackle help than guard help, you know, more immediately guard help. I, I A team like that in this year's class, and, and we're still going to figure out exactly who, who those fits could be. Someone who – might need it might have a need at both positions both tackle and guard i could see yeah favoring well to projecting you know darian Kennard to their roster mm-hmm. as someone that i'd like to see him in both you know in, in, i i'm not willing to write him off as as a guard only at this point and I, i'm excited to see him in senior bowl week i think this is the perfect offensive lineman to see in a week like this I, I think he's man. He just is such a baltimore raven to me like that is yeah, i feel that's like a good, that's a good pick Cause like even they picked like you know they always get the big tackles like Orlando Brown and 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 those types of dudes who are not the fleetest of foot but they just run that power system where like they're just they value the size aspect so could he play tackle for the Baltimore Ravens or worse comes worse he fits inside and he's still that style of guard so I I, I don't know Baltimore Ravens is just a team that just sticks out to me for well, a guy like Darren Kennard you talk you talk about the, the Baltimore Ravens last year took Ben Cleveland someone who has tackle yeah. measurables but. Obviously, yeah. his, his his athleticism and everything amounts better inside. And you know, they draft him what third round. Darren Kennard could just be a, a better version of uh, what they what they drafted in Ben Cleveland. 
Does he have a cool as a, a pick as Ben Cleveland does? I haven't oh, found it yet, but I'll be on the lookout. Well, really- <laughs> oh wait, he's got that. Kennard's uh, uh, oh, got that anime. The, yeah, the anime yeah, drawing yeah. of him. That one's pretty cool. It's not as it's not as uh, menacing as the Ben. Yeah, we did. Yeah. It's not as menacing as the Ben Cleveland picture. Oh man, but it's ben still Cle- pretty cool. Ben Cleveland, what a man! What a man Ben Cleveland is. <laughs> he, he's a little bit more than a man. I don't even know what to describe him. He's a so he's like a zombie human, warrior. <laughs> Human version of the Hulk. Uh, Last guy that uh, we wanted to bring up here, Jahan Dotson, wide receiver from Penn State. Going into the cycle, you guys didn't really have a very high opinion of him, and I I think a lot of people felt the same way. But as Penn State had really early success and then they kind of fizzled out a little bit, any of their offensive production felt like it came from Jahan Dotson. So has your guys' opinion changed on him? And then maybe what are some of the things you're looking forward to seeing during uh, this week of uh, Senior Bowl action? Yeah, I wanted to sneak this one in just because I had actually just done a report on him. Uh, should be live at RisingDraft.com sometime soon. So like you said, Joe, I wasn't the biggest fan of him in the preseason. Like I understood a lot of it. But for me, like I felt like he was a guy that won more frequently in the air than any other way, which is troubling because he's 5'10 and some change. Like he's a smaller guy. but. I went back to the film. Penn State does a really good job of maximizing his release points. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that you're going to work off. The, you know, he's not going to be an X receiver and he's going to work a bunch of good, against a bunch of press. But as a Z receiver who can also do some things in the slot, I think he has a really mature understanding of blind spots. I think that he has great hands. He wins in the air for a guy his size. And I think that he creates a lot more separation as a route runner than I originally anticipated and I expected. So compared him a little bit stylistically, I'm not going to say he's going to be a perennial thousand yard receiver like Emmanuel Sanders, but like he just reminds me of him. Emmanuel Sanders has been a guy that's made a living off of just doing everything extremely well. Is he, has he ever been a guy that's, excelled in one area exclusively i don't think so but i think that Jahan dotson's kind of the same way like he's just going to be a guy that checks a lot of boxes is he going to be a number one glorified receiver at the next level is he going to be a guy that's your number one passing you know passing option he's gonna be a high volume getter maybe not but like as a secondary option that's like a 70 catch 900 thousand yard type of dude i, I think that he could be that so I, I have a much higher opinion of Jahan Dotson now than I did in, in the summer. I think that he's had a really fantastic 2020 season, 2021 season. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, Ryan, I was low on Dotson coming into the season and he's just a troubling evaluation. Cause like you said, physically coming into the season, the way I saw him as someone that won in the air at five foot, 10, 184 pounds. Right. And, and projecting that guy to, to be successful at the next level isn't going to be very successful very often. So I think what it was for me, and and, and you alluded to this as well, is I undersold his ability to create separation and just understand uh, leverage points and stuff like that. So Jahan Dotson is someone that in live action, because I feel like I've watched a ton of Penn State for some reason. I don't know why I'm watching a bunch of Penn State this year, but I've watched him a bunch live. I haven't done any film evaluations on him. Well, Penn State's had a lot of, I don't mean to cut you off, but Penn State's had like a, a, an insane amount of primetime games. Maybe that's and what it is. I just feel like it I totally see is. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Jahan Dawson, someone in live action, you see him win in a multitude of ways, like you touched on there, Ryan. And it's not just mm-hmm. in the air that he wins, like I gave him credit for with his ball skills and his ability to high point the football. He separates better than I gave him credit for, like I said. And, and I think Jahan Dotson, like you said, is someone that's never going to be a, a runaway, you, you know, wide receiver one in a system. But I think this is someone that you can trust 
as a kind of versatile inside out you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three at the next level early on. Uh, and that's kind of what his mold is going to be, you know, throughout his career. I have a take, Joe. I have a take. Go for it. What do we got? I much prefer Jahan Dotson to Chris Olave. Much prefer. Really? Much prefer. Wow. Yes. Yep. Yep. So wait, wait, I, do you think Dotson has the potential to go in the first round, or you think that that just Olave's being higher he, projected than he should be? I, I think that who goes higher? I think it's actually kind of close, to be honest with you. I would say everything I'm hearing, I think Dotson's a 25 to 50 type of dude. Like he's in that range. So he could sneak into the first. I think it's going to be dependent on how he tests a little bit and how he right. shows out in the senior bowl. But 25 to 50, somewhere in there. I'm with he, you. He could go higher than, than Alave, or maybe Alave goes slightly. It's it's a, honestly a coin flip in that, that conversation because like I feel like they're going to go off the board kind of similar ranges. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes first. And I just I prefer it. I think that there's a more clean translation to the next level. And I I don't know. Alave still worries me a lot. Play strength wise, just it just worries me a ton still. No, I think I think it's hot for for general, you know, draft coverage standpoint. But I, I think I might be with you, and I'm I'm excited to get into Dawson and Alave both uh, in final evaluations here soon. But I might be with you here, and I think they're going to be used kind of similarly. Like they're different body types, but like there are guys that for like Z reps, maybe working a little bit inside. That they're guys that you don't want to play on the line of scrimmage a ton. Because I think that a lot, I think Alave's play strength is just going to be a problem. I really do. Like this is a guy that. I think he's going to get knocked off his track a little bit. I don't think he's going to win a ton in the air. Like I just, I'm struggling with him a little bit. That's all. All right. Absolutely fair. And that's definitely a hot take in terms of the general consensus. There will certainly be some pushback on, on that one as there always is. So last up, we have a one mailbag question from the reviews. A reminder, if you want your uh, question answered on the show, we'll get to a couple each show. Leave a question in a five-star review on the podcast. We will do whatever we can to get to as many questions as possible. If that means that we get through a couple at a time and then we get 50 at once right before the draft, we will answer all 50 of those at some point. We'll figure it out. Uh, but this question comes from Amateur Mocker. His full quote here is, first things first, best intro in the draft podcast game, and it's not even close. Thank you. I put that intro together myself, so that made me feel really good when Ryan sent that to me. Uh, and then now he says for the mail mailbag, it's the holiday season and everyone is a tad overly optimistic on how much of an impact these prospects can make on the league. Which position group compared to previous years are you least impressed with? For me, it's linebacker, but I'm hoping to be proved wrong. This has been a great pod to add into my draft rotation. Love how unintentionally uh, against the grain, your takes are keep up the great works, guys. Uh, great work, guys. All right. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that question? All right. So, positions that we're less impressed with comparative to previous, right? Position yes. groups. Okay. Yes. Um, I would say linebacker is definitely one that he hit on a little bit. I thought last year's linebacker class with Micah Parsons and Nick Bolton and some of those dudes was very good. I am. I like Nicobe Dean. I like Devin Lloyd. Um, I think one of them is going to sneak into the first round, but I think that there's just a lot of missing pieces to the linebacker group. Maybe Leo Chanel from Wisconsin kind of buoys that group a little bit, but right now I'm a little hesitant on the linebacker group. And then if I had to pick one more, just kind of for a, a different you know group that he picked, 
Well, I guess quarterback would be one, but like I'm not going to dog on the quarterbacks too much here. Um, I would say that my probably my biggest is I, still offensive tackle for me. It really is. I think that it's a good offensive tackle class, but I think when we compare it to the last two years, like two years ago with the Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, uh, Makai Becton class, like that was just stupid, like stupid amount of talent at the top. I don't think that we have the talent quite at the top this year. I'm still a Sean Ryan guy from UCLA. I think he's still a top of the first round type of guy. Evan Neal, you know, obviously is going to go in that range, but I think that those four were just so good and they've been so good in the league now for the most part so far. And then this past draft, obviously there's a lot more depth. There wasn't quite the guys up top in as 20 uh, as 2019, but 2020 um, just had so many or 2020. I'm sorry. 2020 was the Mackay Becton year and then 2021 was a class where it was just so much depth like we see guys the Tevin Jenkins of the world going in the second round the Sam Cosmes who I was a big fan of and there was just guys all over the board and the depth so I don't think that this class has the depth that that one did and I don't think up top it is nearly as good as it was in 2020. So I, I think that offensive tackle is a little, I'm not, I'm, and I've seen some adverse opinions on that. I've seen some guys that say like, man, I really like this offensive tackle class. Yeah. I think it's a good class. I am just not there to say that it is anywhere near the last two personally, both from depth and the top heavy group of 2020. No, I completely agree with you. That's where I was going to take this conversation was a tackle group. Like you, you touched on there. I see three to four guys that I think are first round capable prospects. And then I just feel like there's a huge drop off. I just don't see too many developmental guys, you know, uh, in years past that we've seen to kind of make you feel comfortable in, you know, rounds two through five uh, to really, to really be impressed with Zion Nelson did not take the steps. We thought he would be able to Jackson Kirkland is someone that in, in matchups that we, we had him keyed in on did not impress. Uh, Nicholas Petit Friere, uh, uh, you know, so there's, you know, those guys that we expected to be those rounds two through four, two through five guys that kind of lead in that pack have just not been there this year. So I agree with you there. Another position group more so from a depth perspective than, you know, top tier talent is this defensive tackle class. Uh, you know, you have DeMarvin Leal, if you project him inside, outside Jordan Davis, obviously, but his role at the next level is going to be limited. Then there's a bunch of question marks. You get the inconsistency of, you know, Perry on Winfrey, who had a great game this past weekend. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you have Zachary Carter from Florida up and down play. And then it's just a bunch of question marks. I just don't see outside of like you, like I said, DeMarvin Leal, who both of us project as an interior guy at the next level. Uh, who yep. I think could be an impact player at the next level. Jordan Davis, an impact player on you know a two-down basis. But then who's that next guy? And when do you where do you see that next guy going? You know, I, I just I think the senior bowl is going to be good for that next tier of guys. Like I said, Zachary Carter from Florida's one that's already accepted his invite. Travis Jones from UConn, someone we both liked as kind of an under-the-radar guy going into the season, obviously playing on a bad football team like UConn, uh, doesn't get the exposure, but Maybe we start to see, you know, and start to feel more comfortable about that next tier of guys. But right now, I, I see it as two guys at the top and then a bunch of question marks as far as projectability. Joe is a big UConn fan, so how dare you slander the uh, the Jim Moore Jr.-led UConn team. Um, worst, I just have to say that is easily the worst game environment that I've ever been around. That's really? I have to say. There was nobody at the game. 
uh, nobody cared that was at the game. It was it was so bo- it was so lame. It was, it's a it's a basketball school. It's a basketball school. The stadium's near not it's not near anything. Um, well, guys, I think that's going to be a great note to wrap us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.